Welcome back to Mint Condition, a baseball card podcast where we each bring a baseball card from our collection, give each other hints, and do a deep dive on the player's career. I'm Robbie Greenspan, joined as always by Chris Branco. Chris, how you doing today? Doing well. It's a nice sunny day. We're getting to spring. Still a little cold out, but we're getting there. And I'm on my second cup of coffee, so vibes are high right now. What cup? What uh? What type of coffee you drink? So usually I drink Dunkin'. Um, like I don't go to Dunkin' every day. That would be. <laughs> I was gonna say good for you. I didn't realize how much money you had. No, it's um like uh prepackaged whatever, and that's usually pretty good. But I'm actually drinking a special like macadamia nut coffee from Hawaii, and uh, wow, it smells amazing. I mean, you open that package and it just smells amazing. It's it's so good. Welcome back to Coffee Sense, our <laughs> podcast where we just describe how coffee smells. Um, I would so I don't drink coffee because I don't you know I don't drink the devil's drink. But uh, the smell of it is is delicious. I love to smell coffee. Do not like to drink coffee. So, do you did you reference um, the Pope banning coffee way back in the day, or did you just make that up? Oh, the Pope banned coffee. Yeah, there was a time like a uh, long time ago, and I think for like similar reasons, like it it filled you with like evil energy. That's hilarious. No, uh, just anything I don't like, I assume, is the work of the devil. And so, uh, yeah, because I'm light, I'm good, we don't have to get into it. Um, yeah, so. Well, sorry, <laughs> you seriously don't like coffee? We'll, we'll keep this short, but you seriously don't like coffee? No, I don't understand the appeal. No, it's, it's bitter, which, why would somebody want something that's bitter? I don't need more energy. Do you know what I do when I'm tired, Chris? What? I smile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, no, more I just take a nap. I don't know. I don't need I don't need coffee. I don't I try to avoid caffeine, not for any like high impressive reasons. I just haven't really needed it. So yeah, no, I don't do coffee. Tea I don't understand. It just tastes like worse water. I can't drink soda because I can't burp, so then the carbonation just hurts my throat and the bubbles get caught. I'm a very fragile flower, I'm well aware. Well with coffee specifically, you are in the majority here, so uh you... Majority or minority? Oh, sorry, minority. Yes. <laughs> like wait i don't think i am yeah. yeah no i know i know i just like water i drink milk from time to time that's um, not the same <laughs> <laughs> well i start every day with two glasses of water and then we get into breakfast gotta start with water okay uh, that's healthy i respect yeah, that. yeah. good good hydration um all right nobody is nobody cares about this <laughs> i'm so sorry all right let's let's get into it um i think you went first last time, or did I? I don't know. You go first, but I actually brought two cards today. And real quickly, before we get into your card, I want to do my first card uh, very quickly. It's not going to take very what? long. What? I know we're worried already about this being a long episode, because we both feel like we came with a lot. But yeah. I did bring two cards, and uh, this is a 2007 Astro Shortstop. What? You have two cards? <laughs> Just, just go with it. You'll see. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. 2007 Astro shortstop. Let me read the back of his card. Uh, is it you? 75 is it you? pounds. <laughs> yeah, it's you. It's you. Okay. So the, I brought my own card because I think it's really funny. Um, <laughs> my dad put in the information on the back, and uh, I love my dad, but he didn't do a great job. Um. <laughs> It says, error-free season, great at diving Huge. catches. <laughs> what? Which, 
at the time, you probably loved. That was probably, like, the coolest scouting report. Yeah, and so shortstop number three, because some jerk probably took number two before me. Uh, <laughs> I would never choose number three on purpose. Uh, age 11, 75 pounds, four foot seven. And, uh, yeah, so my picture is really nerdy. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's very um, cute. Yeah, you're, yeah you're but very I'm wearing, I'm wearing a blue undershirt with a black jersey. Wearing a wristband, which is cool. Um... <laughs> But, I just want you to know your fashion like yeah that's what everyone's fashion was back then we were what 10 11 year old boys it all was bad yeah. it was a bad fashion yeah I was a little Jose Altuve man I mean uh I probably you know I did I didn't cheat everyone else was banging trash cans but I, didn't. <laughs> I forgot about the, the curveballs being thrown in that league were crazy <laughs> yeah so yeah that was my first card and now we okay I feel yours. better I feel better. I was gonna. I was like, you can't just bring two cards. That's not <laughs> okay. Um. So I have a two thousand one Met. I know two thousand one. All right, whatever. It's all my cards. <laughs> two thousand one Met. Oh, we both uh, have Mets today. Oh, okay. Played sixteen years from nineteen eighty nine to two thousand four. Okay. Played for the White Sox, Mets, Yankees, and Dodgers. White Sox, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers. Okay. Um, hmm. That's definitely a unique combination of teams. I know we say that yeah. often, but yeah. And it also like you know ended in two thousand four. It's not a player that I remember. It's one like the name rings a bell, and I was like, okay. So I would not be surprised if you don't get it because I wouldn't have. Sounds hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some clues that'll help. So, well, I mean, yeah. he was third base and first base. And then um, things he's remembered for, the Grand Slam single, which is cool. Um, Wait, and then... What's a Grand Slam single? Oh, we'll get into it. <laughs> um, then he was a, he's a former White Sox manager. Okay. Ozzie Guillen wasn't a player, was he? No, nope, but that's that's the manager I was thinking of, <laughs> that's too. The only manager. And then probably what he's remembered for the most, unfortunately, is fighting and then being put into a headlock by Nolan Ryan. Oh. Ah, oh, God. I know this player. Ventura? Yep. What's his first name again? Robin? Yes. I thought okay. you could get it. Yep, Robin Ventura. Good work. Good work. Yeah, I had no idea he played... Like for those teams, I I know nothing yeah. about him other than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay. So take a guess about anything about his career. Um. Hmm. I guess he was probably decent. I I'm gonna say like twenty to thirty WAR. Um. Uh, he was probably like a two sixty hitter. Um. You're correct about the two sixty hitter career batting average two sixty seven, but a fifty six point one career WAR. Whoa. He was good. That's really good. He was right? good. Yeah. So, uh, 267, 6.1 more, uh, 1,885 hits, 362 on base for our OPS, 294 home runs, OPS plus of 114. He's an okay hitter. He was fine. Um, his average year, would he play about 130 games, 118 hits, 21 doubles, 18 home runs, 74 RBIs. Um, so fine. He was a fine hitter. Yeah. He was a so two-time All-Star, six-time Gold Glover. One of the best defensive third basemen. Uh, 1988 Olympic gold medalist. He had one top 10 finish in 99. A war above five, five times. So he was good. Yeah. Above six twice. Five seasons with an OPS plus above 120. Um, and 
going back to just not understanding D-War, he has a D-War of 17.9, which I probably should have looked up the context of that mm -hmm. and how that compares. I have some other defensive stats. But, yeah, so that's kind of, like, the main, just, like, as a snapshot. He was a very good defender, and he had years where he was a good hitter, but for the most part, he was a pretty, a little bit above average hitter. Yeah, I mean, I'm very impressed so far from basically all that. Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, in, so I'll just highlight three seasons. Uh, 1992, he was an all-star. He batted 282, 375 uh, on base percentage. 93 RBIs, an OPS plus of 127, a war of 6.0, all-star, gold glover. Um, 99, batted 301 with 379 on base percentage, 177 hits, 120 RBIs, 130 OPS plus, a war of 6.7, real real good, 6th in MVP, gold glove, and then 02. This one is the second all-star year, so I included it, but not. I mean, he batted 247, 368 on base percentage, 93 RBIs, OPS plus of 119, a war of 3.5. So a decent year. Don't really think he should have been an all star. Um, That's the New but York I don't know if he... New York effect. A hundred percent. Yeah, and so that one it's funny, and we're gonna do it later. But I guess I'll just go to it now. So that O two season, he made the All Star game. Can you name the other some other Yankees that made the All Star game that year? As he was he was Yankee at that point. Uh, Derek Jeter. Yep. Uh, Jorge Posada. Yep. Um, Andy Pettit. Uh, I actually did not look at pitchers. So oh, I was okay. just looking at position players. Sorry. Uh, okay, because Rivera too probably. Um, yeah, Rivera did. I know that, but yeah. Uh, Burning Williams. I don't think so. I'll tell you this: it's their entire freaking infield. Okay. Posada, Giambi, Alfonso Soriano, Derek Jeter, Rob Ventura. You know why people hate the Yankees? That's why. That's, That's why. Their entire infield are all-stars? No. Also, like, if you told me that infield, like, oh, they were all all-stars, one of the best yeah. infields, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. I saw that, and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so um, that's just, like, the, the quick stuff. Do you want me to go more into stats? Um, I mean, if you, I said I, you have more yeah, stats. Yeah, I, I got a decent all I'll go a little bit more before we throw it back. Um, so he played at Oklahoma State. He was a three-time All-American. Had the Division One record for a hit streak, 58 straight games, which is wow. crazy, um, which is still the D1 record. And then as a freshman, he led the nation in runs, RBIs, and total bases, which is wild. Come onto the scene as a freshman and just be like, just already the best player. You're Super like, cool. Like, you're everywhere if you lead in those categories. Yeah, yeah. Can't keep you off base. Yeah. 10th uh, overall pick in the 88 draft. Um, so I'll just kind of try to briefly go through his career with the White Sox. It's, his rookie year was real interesting. Um, he had 123 hits, which was the most by a White Sox rookie since Ozzie Guillen, interestingly enough. Oh, wow. Um, even though he had a 0 for 41 slump, and he got 25 errors. Oh, my God. What? Horrible. Horrible. And then he turns into a plus defender. That's amazing. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Um, by his third season, he was the third AL third baseman with three consecutive 90 RBI campaigns since Greg Nettles. Couldn't, couldn't tell you who Greg Nettles was. He was on the Yankees um, for a bit. Oh, okay. Look at that. Uh, August 4th, 1993, during a game against the Rangers. He was hit by a pitch thrown by Nolan Ryan. 
he charged the mound where Ventura, 20 years Ventura, where Ryan, who was 20 years Ventura's senior, put him into a headlock and punched him several times, mm. causing a bench clearing brawl. He was voted the top baseball brawl of all time by SportsCenter. So, cool. Um, in 98, his final season with the Sox, he won his fifth gold glove, but only hit 263. Home runs and RBI totals were close to career averages. <laughs> and this is my favorite part of it. But the White Sox attempted repeatedly to trade him and declined to renew his contract with owner Jerry Rensford, claiming that he was deteriorating. What a brutal thing to say about someone. Jesus. He had a good year. I know, like, he's deteriorating. We do not want him. We're trying to trade him. We will not take you back. Like, all right, man, that's, that I don't harsh. understand. Yeah. Uh, went to the Mets and first year hit 301 with 32 home runs, 120 RBIs, only made nine errors. Um, and yeah, that was one of his best years. Uh, became the first player uh, ever to hit a grand slam in both games of a double player, of a double header, sorry. So that's cool. Mm. Um, in 99, he was a part of the iconic Sports Illustrated cover, along with Edgardo Alfonso, Ray Ordonez, and John Olerud for best infield ever. So one that we've time. talked about in the past. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, okay, this next one. I don't remember if we've talked about it on the pod or not, because for some reason it rings a bell, so you'll have to tell me. He took the phrase Mojo Ryzen from the Doors LA Woman and made it the rally cry for the Mets that year, eventually meeting the Doors lead singer Jim Morrison's wife when the Mets invited her a game before the playoffs. Have we talked about that or not? Why did I know that was a thing? No, we haven't talked about that, to my knowledge. <laughs> also, what is that? Why, why is any of that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. It's, again, one of those baby shark rally monkeys. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he uh, hit the Grand Slam single in the 99 LCS. We're coming back to that. I don't want to get too into that yet. I'm just going to keep teasing it. Uh, before the 02 season, traded the Yankees for David Justice. Uh, he batted 247 with 27 home runs, 93 RBIs. Eighth time he topped 90 RBIs. Selected to a second and final all-star team along with every other member of the Yankees infield. <laughs> um, had a bad defensive year. He had the lowest, or he had the lowest field and percentage of all third basemen that year. Um, traded the Dodgers during the 03 season and was fine. There's two interesting notes I'll talk about later. Uh, injuries played a pretty big part in his career at times. He had an ankle injury, a compound fracture and dislocation 97, which affected his leg muscles, which began to atrophy following the incident. God. Full strength in his leg never returned, and the daily pain from his ankle and leg contributed to Ventura's decision to retire from baseball. After retirement, he limped badly and was forced to walk with a cane regularly. Oh my god, he was deteriorating. Yeah, yeah he was deteriorating. <laughs> um, he eventually went, underwent an ankle allograft. Do you know what an allograft is? No. I didn't, and it's wild. A tissue graft from a donor of the same species, but not genetically identical. So they just took part of an ankle from somebody else and gave it to him? I don't fully get it. But it he healed and he now walks without pain and without a limp. That's good. Um yeah, strange they said same species. Like I I wasn't gonna assume they took like a deer I assume ankle. That, I think I, I probably typed in too generically so perhaps I guess other animals can have it, but now it has to be the same species though. Remember that. Do not take a pig ankle. Will not work. <laughs> um yeah, so then I can get into his accolades and stuff later, but yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. Like he's a good player who had who was a decent hitter and a very good fielder. And like it is interesting because that fifty eight game hit streak in college, like 
you have to be a very good hitter to do that at mm-hmm. any level. If you get a 58-game hit streak in high school, you're a great hitter. Like, that's just so impressive. Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, yeah, a lot better of a career than I thought, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, you go. Cool. So um, I'm interested to see if you guess it. It's a little tough, but guessable. Um, okay. 2003 Mets card. Uh, Mets are really getting some love here. I know. Uh, he's a pitcher, and he played from 87 to 2005. 2005. Okay. Um, huh. No one really comes to mind. Um, did this player also play for the Braves? No. Um, okay, then never mind. Okay, you give me the teams. Yeah, so again, 03 Mets, pitcher, 87 to 2005, played for the Yankees, Blue Jays, Marlins, and Mets. He had two separate stints with the Yankees and Marlins, which was interesting. But Yankees, Blue Jays, Marlins, and Mets. Um, is it a David? That's a fair guess, but no. Um, I can't remember if we already did Cone or Wells. That was my guess. Whichever one we didn't do was that one. Yeah, that's um, a really fair guess because Cone played for the Yankees and Mets. Maybe there's other teams. I think Blue Jays too. Huh. I think the Blue Jays, yeah. Um, huh. Okay, what else? So, <laughs> uh, he is remembered as a Met. Um Again, not too many good hints. It's kind of like you kind of know him or you don't. He was a good pitcher. I can get, I can say some of his things, but I feel like that won't provide many hints. Like he threw a no hitter. He pitched in the Subway Series for the Mets. Um, um, separate events. Yeah. No, there's not much coming to mind. So I can do initials. Yeah, I guess give me initials. A L. Uh, Al Leiter? Yes, yes. Oh, let's go! Great let's job. Let's go, I do not know who that is. <laughs> do not know who that is. I was the same way growing up, because he was like old and pretty much retired by the time I started really knowing players. And so like I have him in my collection, I think a couple different places. But yeah, um, Al Leiter, I always thought his name was Al Leiter as well, but it's Leiter. Mm. It's Leiter. Okay, tell me about... Al Leiter. Well, what do you think? What do you think his like war or pitching line is? Okay. Well, I'll first say that I could not really tell you the difference right now between Al Leiter and Ralph Kiner, even though they're very different players. They kind of rhyme, and in my head, like <laughs> ah, they're all older player. I don't know. Um. Okay, so Al Leiter. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna say. That his war is 41.7. Wow, that was really good. Uh, he has a career of 40 war. Oh, um, okay, we'll take that. Yeah, 162 wins, 132 losses, 3.8 ERA, career 112 ERA plus, so he was 12% better ERA than the average pitcher. 419 games, two saves, <laughs> 1,974 strikeouts. A career 1.386 whip, um, two-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ, 
Uh, he was actually on the World Series champs of Toronto in 92 as well as 93, but baseball reference doesn't count his 92 uh, championship. So he was 93 and then uh, a different Wait, was year. he not on the 40-man roster? Like, Was he left off the playoff roster or something? He pitched in one game that year. So yeah, I'm guessing he wasn't oh, okay. on the playoff roster. Okay. Um, cool, gotcha. And here's something interesting before I dive into like his good seasons. Uh, he pitched in 419 career games from ages 21 to 26. He pitched in a total of 31. For reference, the next year he pitched in 34. So his career didn't start really until he was 27 and 93. That's wild. Yeah, and I'll get into why. But uh, for a guy who has such a career, high career war as a pitcher and stuff like for like a big part of his twenties, he just didn't pitch, and it's because he was injured. But that's super interesting. Yeah, and props to him for like recovering from that and sticking with it before he even had an established career. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So he was an All Star and came in ninth in Cy Young voting in nineteen ninety six with Florida Marlins. He was sixteen uh, and twelve with a two nine three ERA. He only gave up 153 hits in 215.1 innings, only 70 earned runs, 14 homers. Uh, strangely enough, he led the league with 119 walks, which isn't good. He had the most walks given up, but he also led the league the year before with 108, but he had 200 Ks in 1996, the most of his career. So he had the most walks in the league, most strikeouts of his career. And again, he had a 139 ERA plus that year and a 1.263 whip. So for leading the league in walks, he pitched yeah. really well. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, like, I mean, I guess he was like a strikeout pitcher, and so you're going to miss some there. He, yeah, not a lot, a lot of contact, it looks like. That's fascinating. Yeah, really interesting. Um, the other year he received Cy Young votes, he was not an all-star. Uh, it was 1998. He was 17 and six with the Mets. Came in sixth in Cy Young voting. 2.47 ERA, 193 innings, 151 hits, 53 earned runs, 71 walks. So he really cut that down. 174 strikeouts, 170 ERA plus, 1.150 WHIP. Really good season. Really good season. And also, I realize I said that he wasn't allowing a lot of contact. He still was. Well, those previous seasons, I mean, 162. I'm looking at stats as well. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just fascinating to have that many strikes, that strikeouts, that many walks, that many hits, but also still have a whip. That's that's real solid. Yeah, he just did a good job of not letting those runs get in. I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. He had some very good years. Um, he was generally pretty good. He kept it together uh, throughout his 30s uh, until 2005, his last season. He had. Bad year, he was 39 and split time between Florida and New York. So again, he, he's had two separate stints with the Marlins and Yankees. And his first game of his career and his last game of his career were with the Yankees. But it would be foolish to think of him as like a Yankees pitcher. So it's just kind of funny. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. And then last things here, his highest war in a season was 6.7 with the Mets in 98. Again, that's the year he finished sixth in Cy Young. And uh, yeah, altogether, he was just a plus pitcher to have on your team. Uh, really, to my understanding, by whatever metric you look at, he was pretty solid. Uh, he was an ace a few seasons, but you know, you wouldn't look at his career and say like he was a perennial Cy Young contender. Uh, but he was just a really good pitcher and a uh, good guy to have on your rotation. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I knew I knew nothing about him. So 
I mean, that's a better season, like a better career than I would have imagined. I mean, I, I had no idea what to imagine, but like those numbers, there are some good numbers. It's interesting because I feel like a player like that, where I've heard of Vault not much, could be like, oh, he could have been a Hall of Famer or he could have been nothing. He's in the middle. He was a good player. He was a good player that you'd want on your team and probably like some of the other ones we've talked about. Like he's, other than a year or two there, where he's an ace for the most part, he's your number three pitcher and that's that's good. Yeah, he'd be a real solid number three. Um, so I do have some funny stories, some fun stories, but we'll get back to you and Robin Ventura. Okay. So Robin Ventura, um, let's now discuss this Grand Slam single. We've been waiting. But before we do. Oh, no. We, <laughs> I, it's, it ties in. Um, so Ventura is fifth all-time in Grand Slams, despite only hitting 294 home runs. He hit 18 Grand Slams. That's cool. Can I guess the next three, or the top three or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the top five. Uh, Manny Ramirez, number one. Uh, not number one. Damn it! I I was so confident that I had this. Maybe he is in this. This could be a not up to date. That might thing. be. I'll check. That might be it. Cause I know Lou Gehrig's up there, and I think A Rod. Yeah. Maybe maybe not A Rod. Yep. Okay. A Rod's as well. Um. I just know okay, those three yep. were up there. Yeah. Um. It is. A Rod, Lou Gehrig, Manny Ramirez. Yeah. Okay. And then numbers four and there's another person tied for five are Hall of Famers. You might know them one of them one of them you brought um or no you didn't no you didn't bring them sorry one of them i kick it's willie mccovey you brought willie stargell right (laughs) yeah 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 okay classic willie nl mix-up yeah um and the other one's eddie murray okay cool Um, but yeah so all the ones above him are i guess they're not all hall of famers but they're all some of the best hitters of all time Mm -hmm. um obviously you know, A-Rod not eligible yet. We'll see. Manny Ramirez not going to get in, it looks like. Um, but, yeah, some great power hitters. Just like the names around him. Ted Williams, Hank Aaron, Babe yeah. Ruth, Ken Griffey, Ryan Howard, <laughs> Albert Pujols. Like, great power hitters. And then Robin Ventura, who, again, 294 home runs. Every 16.3 home runs was a grand slam, which is wild. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. such... He seems Six... like a big hype man. Like, give me a yes. big <laughs> 6.1% of his career home runs were grand slams, the highest of any ratio. The highest ratio of any player was at least 250 uh, career home runs. Um, he said 95, he hit two grand slams in one game. He also hit two grand slams and like, he had a grand slam in each leg of the doubleheader. Um, just crushed grand slams for reasons I can't figure out, including the grand slam single. And that, my friends, is how you tease something. So... <laughs> He in game five of the ninety nine LCS with the Mets down two to three in the fifteenth inning, he was brought to the plate um, you know, uh, after a bases loaded walk, uh-huh. and so he hit a grand slam to center field to win the game, walk off. But the guy at first didn't realize that the ball had left. He thought it was a single, and so after Ventura touched first base, he ran back and picked him up, which is an out. So it didn't matter. The runs had already crossed, but. He did not, Ventura, because of the rules then, did not complete a home run. So it goes down as a single because that was technically, like, that's when he was, that's when he passed the runner, so he's out. And so, again, runs counted, or the the winning runs counted, but 
it was officially declared a single. It was a big conversation. What do you do about this? Wow. And and that happens like a lot nowadays. Like, you know, so those are, I wonder if those are still recorded the same way. Um, so it's interesting. So yeah. because it was, well, I would say it happens now on like, you know, a single get to like a walk-off single yeah. or whatever. But this was a, it should have been a home run. So part of the question was, what is the final score of the game? Which, you know, doesn't matter for the game, but for the betting purposes. How does Vegas mm -hmm. score that? Is it, if, so the over-under was seven and a half. If he completes the trip, Grand Slam scores 7-3, because he came up when the bases oh were loaded. I'm oh, sorry, when it's tied base loaded. So they win. But if it goes down as a single, it's only seven runs, it's an under. So it changes everything. Wow. Um, yeah, so that was very interesting. Uh, it would have been the first walk-off Grand Slam in postseason history, but then wasn't clarified Damn. as that or classified as that. So instead, can you think, it was in the last 10 years, can you think of who, who it was? Uh, it kind of rings a bell. Um, walk-off Grand Slam, is it Johnny Damon or... Uh, no, Matt that's Ramirez? fair. I feel like it was a Red Sox guy against the Yankees. <laughs> no, it's a... Uh... Nelson Cruz, when he was on the Rangers in the ALC, 2011 ALCS over the Tigers. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, I um, thought that was interesting. So, yeah, I like just fascinated that Grand Slam single. Um, and then, all right, I have a, I'm in a tangent because this is what I do. Yeah. Um, so it got into kind of what, before 1920, if a batter hit a walk-off home run, he would receive credit for advancing only as many bases as necessary for the game running run to score. So therefore, a walk-off grand slam in a tie game would have officially been scored only as a single. Only one run would have counted. A review in the 1960s found 37 walk-off hits that would have been considered home runs mm -hmm. under today's rules, but were then considered single, double, triple. Um, so like, oh, that's interesting. In April 1968, a committee voted to retroactively change those to home runs, which is interesting reversed the ruling a week later because it changed how many home runs Babe Ruth had hit. Wait, what? Okay. So because cause, cause it, Babe it gave him more. It gave okay. him more. Yeah. And people, which I was like, oh, like, that's cool. But people were so like attached to the Babe Ruth 714 home runs that when it bumped up to 715, they were furious. <sighs> and it's a whole, it's a great article by the only person I ever quote on this, Joe Spasnansky. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, like, all of the, so, like, there's a bunch of different things that happened. One, um, Cap Anson, who was the first member of the 3,000 Hit Club, ended up losing 600 hits to drop him out of the 3,000 Hit Club. Wait. <laughs> Not because of that. I should clarify. I should oh. clarify why. Sorry. I should clarify. He didn't have 600 long. That's possible. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, they basically went back. It was in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to make stats official. So, they went back. So, for Cap Anson. Um, he lost 400 hits because they were before 1876, which is before the National League had been founded, which that's when the Major League Baseball counts hits. Uh -huh. So he lost 400 there. Then he actually lost a couple more because walks at the time and around that time were considered as hits as well. So he lost more. Yeah, wild. I'm <laughs> telling you, this is all wild. I recommend looking up this article. It's called Did Babe Ruth Actually Hit 715 Home Runs? It's fascinating. <laughs> But so he lost enough hits that the first member of the 3,000 hit club now has 2,995 hits. Well, <laughs> for a minute so he did. Funny. For a minute, yeah. Um, yeah, for a minute. And 
Christy Mathewson lost six wins. Walter Johnson lost a couple. Ty Cobb gained a couple hits. Uh, Hannes Wagner lost a couple hits. I mean, what did they think was going to happen? Like, of course. Well, exactly. So none of these sparked much more than curiosity. It was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And then Babe Ruth got another home run. And it was all of a sudden, like, you can't just go back and change this. This is history. Uh, Because it was a walk, it was a walk-off mm-hmm. home run that was given a walk-off single. Uh, or I guess a walk-off triple, actually. But, um, yeah. So, people started to freak out. And it's so funny because it's things that we hear now where it's just like the most over-the-top uh, sports writer Dick Young compared giving Ruth a home run to d- digging up executed murderer Ruth Snyder because capital punishment had been abolished in New York State. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not like that. It's not like that. Oh, my God. Um, Robert Lipsight called the number changers revisionist police and argued that revised statistics is only a phase in the historical revisionism of baseball. One day, all the plaques, busts, and memorabilia of, say, Ty Cobb will disappear. Cooperstown, replying to queries, will say, Georgia Peach, you say? You have a wrong number. This is the Baseball Hall of Fame. Wow. What? Honestly, <laughs> somewhat relevant. Like, people... That's what I'm Talk saying. Talk about revisionist history for like defensive 100%. stats and like, stuff. Yeah. That's, nothing is new. And so everything is like, oh, you're trying to change stuff. It's like, all right, come on, man. Just calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they, the committee, the like five-man committee that was in charge of it, the special records committee, <laughs> had an immediate revote where they changed it and voted against incorporating the new statistics. That is so funny. Yeah. So just... Just crazy. Um, yeah, so that's my tangent about the Grand Slam thing. It was a really cool article. If anybody wants to look into it, I'd recommend it. Uh, again, it's called Did Babe Ruth Hit 715 Home Runs? But yeah, so that's the Grand Slam single. I do think that that's fascinating. Like, thank God for Ventura's sake that, or I guess that runner's sake, that they had scored enough runs to win mm-hmm. because God forbid he had turned around too quickly and grabbed him, then he's out, and then it would have been a whole, a whole mess of an event. Yeah, that's interesting. I um, I feel like they would have somehow been like, you have to touch the base. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so then post-playing career, so he managed the White Sox for four seasons. He was, I don't think they had a winning season. Mm. I mean, not much to say about him either way there. Uh, he returned to Shea Stadium for the final game in 2008 for the closing ceremonies, along with... Um, I, I doubt you'll be able to get it. Can you name any of the ex-teammates that threw out the ceremonial pitches with him? Uh, There's one that you could get. No, it's not a lighter. <laughs> um, David Wright? No, he's he was on the team. Yeah. Um, I don't who is know. The best, Mets. Who was the best Met of our general or like the beginning of our generation? Jose Reyes? Mike Piazza? Or would you oh. say he's the prior generation? Yeah, definitely Mike Piazza. Um, yeah. And then Adgardo, Alfonso, John Franco, and Todd Zell. Zeal, don't know. Don't cool, know. though. Cool. Yeah. Um, so now it's accolades. So fifth all-time in Grand Slams, which is crazy. Um, and what's interesting, so he could not hit for average, as we said, like for batting average 267. Not that's terrible, but it's not very good. But tied for third all-time with uh, for 90-run seasons by third baseman. He has eight of them. That's mm-hmm. good. Twelfth all-time for slugging percentage for third baseman. Um, and then again, his defense is what he was known for. And it's interesting because he did have those errors. I think it's the situation where because he could get to more balls, he had more errors. Mm. Um, he had, so using total zone, which 
it's the number of runs above or below average the player was worth based on the number of plays made. I don't know, man. I, yeah. it's, it's a trusted yeah. stat. <laughs> it's used. Um, I clicked on a whole, like, an explanation to go into it more, and it just threw me off. It was, like, mm. using these seven different stats that I'd never heard of. But um, it's a pretty, like, well-accepted stat from what I could tell. So he had five seasons of double-digit total zone um, with where 15 is considered gold glove and zero is considered league average. Hmm. So he was a very good defender, including a season of 27, which would be almost double gold glove season, and 33, which is one of the highest. Jeez. Uh, nine seasons in the top 10 in range factor for third baseman. Um, so a really, really excellent third baseman, or third like defensive third baseman. Yeah. Uh, flip side, I said the hitting. Never posted a... 130 WRC plus. I should have looked up what that meant. That's on me. But it says he was never, which means he was never 30% better than the league average hitter. So it's just a different way to do OPS plus. Yeah. Same idea. Still better though. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So what you're looking at is an elite defensive third baseman and a above average hitter. Yeah. So definitely someone you'd want. Um, kind of a cool thing. Uh, last year in January, he returned to Oklahoma State to complete his degree because he left early. So he then served as a student assistant coach for the baseball team, which is so funny. Like, I think we've talked about this before, but if you're, you're, you're going out to be that, like, almost student manager and you're, like, a sophomore, you're like, all right, like, I know some baseball, I'd love to help. And the interview before you was Robin Ventura. I'm like, he says, this is not fair. Can he just be an assistant coach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we can pay him. We have the money to pay him. He's going to be a student assistant coach. Um. He was on the Hall of Fame ballot in 2010, where he received 1.3% of the vote and dropped off, which I thought was a bummer. Yeah. Like, really could have done better um, yeah. for his stuff. Uh, the 20th ranked third baseman when they were 15 in the Hall of Fame, 56.1 career war, where the average third base Hall of Famer is 68.4. So below, but not crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, Seven-year peak is 38.6. Average Hall of Famer is 43.1. And then Jaws, he's eight below. So, not necessarily arguing he should be in the Hall of Fame. I think that he deserved 1.3. I would have thought that he would stick around for a, a year or two on the ballot uh, because we've talked about it. If you can, if you're elite at a skill at your position, like one of the best, I think that's worth keeping around. Yeah. Um, and uh, the flip side is those similarity scores. Ron Say or Che, who I do not know, Bobby Bonilla, um, and Evan Longoria. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I'd say overall, like a a very good player. The, the two All Star games is very surprising to me. He deserved yeah. more than that. Um, I mean, like, if he played with the Yankees his whole career, he would have gone to like yeah. fifteen All Star <laughs> games. Um, but yeah, a, a very good player who I think is like one of those. I would think for anybody underrated, just because again, you look at those two time All Star and you're like, mm, okay, but he was really good. Yeah, I agree, underrated. And another guy, seems like a trend with some of these players, but another guy who would be more valued today just because heavier emphasis on defensive statistics and OPS, whereas batting yeah. average, we don't care as yeah. much about and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, all right, give me your, uh, your Al Lighter anecdotes. Yep, so he was a left-handed pitcher. Like classic Good. lead in there, but it's true he was. <laughs> okay. Um. He uh he attended. This is where it gets really fun. He attended Central Regional High School in New Jersey. Um. So pretty cool. He played for the Mets and Yankees, and he's from Toms River, okay. New Jersey. Um. That's not the fun part. The fun part is 
He once pitched consecutive no-hitters, followed by a 32-strikeout game in 13 innings in April of 1984. 32 what? strikeouts. That is, what? That is disgusting. Uh, best part about it, he didn't record the win. Oh, my God. Also, I mean, maybe it was a different time, but... And I, I don't know if you can pull somebody with an eye dominant, but what about his arm, guys? I don't know if he should be thrown that much. Yeah, so um, Leiter said, nobody has any idea how many pitches I threw that day. It was ju- it was 100 based alone on the strikeouts. Nowadays, yeah. they would probably arrest a coach for letting a kid pitch that long and throw that many pitches, but it's what you did back then. You started a game, and if you didn't finish, you weren't worthy of starting. Jeez. That's that's intense. Yeah, and so I read more about this game because it's pretty incredible, and they were playing their yeah. rival, and the other pitcher threw 18 strikeouts, which is great, but unfortunately he gets no recognition for that. Um, yeah. There was a brawl in the 10th inning after a controversial catcher's interference, um, and Leiter said he also didn't even know at that point how many strikeouts he had thrown until the girl doing the scoreboard looked up and said, oh my god, you just had 32 strikeouts. <laughs> Which is so funny. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, so, again, the the game, he did not get the win because the game ended in a tie due to rain in the 14th inning. Stop it. <laughs> and oh my time. god was a all of that for a tie it was a 50 strikeout game between both pitchers yeah ended with a tie in the rain so they rematched later in the season based on their schedule and the local cable news station televised the game and lighter pitched a no hitter and a one to nothing victory that's amazing it is incredible. Um, and they won the state championship that year. He was the winning pitcher in the game. And he finished the year with a 13-0-1 record. The one being his 32 strikeout game. So funny. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. And later, I was also said, I pitched game seven of a World Series, pitched in the 2000 Subway Series, and had a no-hitter in the big leagues. But that was a good time. It's a nice memory that makes you smile. Uh, he was drafted in 84 by the Yankees. Both he and his brother were Yankee prospects at that time. I looked up his brother, Mark Leiter. He had a 3.1 career uh, war in 11 years, so Al was a lot better. Al made yep. his debut with the Yankees in 87. Uh, he did pitch in 14 games in 88 as a starter, and he had a 101 ERA+, plus, and then the Yankees traded him to Toronto in 1989. He had some crazy injuries. Um, so he pitched fewer than 20 innings for the Blue Jays from 89 to 92. Uh, again, the Blue Jays won the World Series in 92, but Leiter only pitched in one game during the regular season, so he doesn't have that credit on his baseball reference. But in 93, he made 32 appearances, appeared in five postseason games. He even hit a double in Game 3 of the World Series, and the Blue Jays won their second consecutive World Series. So he's a big part of That's that That's really team. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, in May of 92, again, the year before then, uh, he pitched the first no-hitter and uh, no, no, sorry, yeah. In May of 92, he pitched the first no-hitter in Marlins history. I think I got the date wrong there. I don't think it's 92. Uh, anyways, he pitched the first no-hitter in Marlins history against Colorado. In 97, he won his second World Series championship, started Game 7 for Florida, pitched six innings, gave up two earned runs, got the no decision. Marlins won on the Edgar Renteria walk-off single, former mint condition player. 
Uh, great game seven, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so do you remember that one? Like. Oh, remember? I guess we were. Never mind. We were. Yeah, I, I forgot what year it was. I, I was thinking of the other one. Now you, you were like months old. Never mind. Yeah. So, uh, in nineteen ninety nine, Leiter pitched in a winner take all game for the Mets in a one game playoff in Cincinnati. It was a two pitch complete game shutout, and the Mets advanced to the playoffs. Wait, how many pitch? Oh, sorry, two two hit. I guess complete okay. game shutout. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the hell does that mean a two-pitch shutout okay gotcha <laughs> and the Mets advanced to the playoffs first time in 11 years they lost in the NLCS to the Braves which I believe is that same game you were talking about with Robin Ventura in 1999 that same series um, yeah uh, in 2000 Leiter started game one of the Subway Series against the Yankees as well as game five got no decision and the Mets game one loss and then he got the loss in the game five loss uh, but in 15.2 innings in the Subway Series, he only gave up 12 hits, 16 strikeouts, 5 earned runs. So he pitched well, but the Mets didn't win. Yeah. Um, on April 30th, 2002, he became the first MLB pitcher to defeat all 30 teams. I think we brought that stat up before. With oh, yeah. Else. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the last team he beat was Arizona. And he had a really solid stretch for the Mets. Seven seasons, he went 95 and 67 with a 3.42 ERA. Um. He's since been a broadcaster, analyst on Fox, Yes Network, MLB Network. Uh, and then March 3rd, 2019, almost like two years to the date, uh, he was uh, signed as a baseball operations advisor for the Mets. Again, I don't really know what those special advisor things do, but uh, that's yeah. pretty cool. He won the 2000 Roberto Clemente Award and the 1999 Branch Rickey Award. I looked up what that was, and it's an honor of exceptional com exceptional community service, which sounds the same as the Roberto Clemente Award, um, but, and similar to the Hutch Award. But I don't know. Yeah. Cool, good. <laughs> A lot of good guy awards. Um, yes, I'm all about this. Yeah, he's been somewhat involved in politics in New Jersey. Uh, apparently, he's considered running for office. Uh, kind of interesting why he would want to do that. You'd think you just don't want to, but I guess some people are into that. Um, yeah, was it Jim Bunting, who was the former pitcher who became a U.S. senator? Oh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Jim Bunting. B Bunning, it's like I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, and again, so baseball family a little bit. His brother pitched in the majors for a tiny bit. Uh, his nephew, his brother's son, Mark Leiter Jr., is currently a free agent. Uh. And, and another brother, Kurt, played in the O's organization, and he reached as high as AA. But his son right now is a really highly touted prospect, Al Leiter's son. I think his name's Jack. And uh, they were talking about him yesterday on the Yankees spring training broadcast that I was watching, um, which made Al stand out to me when searching for this week's card. I was like, oh, I just heard about his son being a highly touted prospect. Let me look into Al's career. And so his son pitches for Vanderbilt. And uh, Michael Cohn, Michael Kay and David Cohn were saying that he could be a top 10 pick in this year's draft. Uh, he throws gas and is a mirror image to his father, except he's a righty. So a literal mirror, mirror image there. That's um, cool. So his, his brother might be like a real dominant, or sorry, his son might be like a really dominant pitcher coming up. Um, so that's pretty cool fact uh, to keep someone to keep an eye on. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, and so All wrapping right. it up, uh, player comps, Barry Zito, Kevin Apierre, Andy Beans, Rick Sutcliffe, don't know those names. Ranks 100. Yeah. Yeah. Ranks, except Barry Zito, of course. Um, ranks 187th draws starting pitcher. 
uh, 40 career war compared to the average Hall of Fame pitcher, 73.3, 32.57 peak war compared to average Hall of Fame pitcher, 50, 36.3 jaws compared to 61.6. So 2011, he gathered 0.7% of the vote, and that was all she wrote that ranked. But uh, yeah, that's it for all later. I mean, no, no Hall of Fame case really, but really good pitcher. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really know what to think, so it's almost superfluous to say he's better than I anticipated, but mm-hmm. could play and like was in some big moments. That's really cool. I noticed that too. He had like a lot of big moments. Um, yeah. And he seemed to do pretty well in them. So, uh, yeah, just a cool career. I mean, I feel like I would actually enjoy being in, having his career kind of and just kind of chilling, pitching well. You're saying you would enjoy being a 19-year 19 19-year 19 <laughs> MLB pitcher? Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, nothing nothing really at his career that uh, stands out as, like, a failure, which, okay, yeah, obviously that makes sense. I, no, but, yeah, I think, yeah. like, it's interesting that there don't seem to be, and that could be misnomer, don't seem to be many, like, peaks or too many valleys. Just, like, That's he was a good, a good player. Yeah. Like, of his... Years where he wasn't hurt, he basically always had an ERA plus above 100. Like, there's a couple, it looks like, here. Like, in the beginning, maybe not. And at the end, he kind of tailed off. We said that 05 season. But other than that, for the most part, he was just, like, a good pitcher. He was yeah. a good pitcher. I think that's what I was getting at. So, easy connection. These guys were teammates. Yeah. Um, and it seems like for a good amount of years, they were teammates. Um, and they even, of course, had some big moments in the same games, it sounds like. Um and who would you rather have? So I have a 2003, I think I said it was. Yeah, 2003, Al Leiter. He was 15-9, and 9, 3.99 ERA, uh, 139 strikeouts in 180 innings, and his ERA plus with 106. All in all, a pretty average year for Al Leiter. Okay. Good though. Um, Good though. Yeah, 01, Robin Ventura. Um he batted 237 with a 3.59 on base percentage, uh, 61 RBIs, 108 hits, uh, OPS plus a 105. Let me check on that defense because that was normally his thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. His D War was what? Oh, here it is. D War in 01 was 0.8. His overall WAR was 2.5. It was it was a fine year. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Al Leiter just because he's not going to be your ace, but he's going to be a good pitcher to have on the staff. Um, his war was 2.2, so very similar. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'd I'm fine with the pitcher. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I can go back and forth. Maybe a star, I wouldn't feel this way, but I'd probably rather take a above average pitcher than an above average like third baseman. I don't know. I could be convinced either way there, but yeah, I think I'd go with Leiter. Yeah. And then, which card? I don't know. I like my lighter card. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I think I'd go with yours. Like, I don't know. Mine is just Robin Ventura getting ready to throw. There's nothing too cool or crazy about it. Yeah. If it was him getting beat up by Nolan Ryan, that'd be cool. But... No, they, he Apparently, the so Nolan Ryan still frequently signs pictures of him beating up Robin Ventura. And I think I read that Ventura will also sign pictures of himself getting beat up. Because he's just like, yeah, whatever. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's all like Nolan Ryan at that time was, I think it said seven years older than his own manager. He was 40 years old, something like that. 
just I mean, we should crazy. We should talk about him just to talk about him because he's just yeah. incredible. Yeah, he's he's fascinating. Another one, as we were talking, I looked up Jim Bunning because I wanted to get it right. He's fascinating. So the only, not a surprise, only person to be elected to both the U.S. Senate and Baseball Hall of Fame. That's wow. really cool. Yeah. That's very impressive. He, uh, when he retired, he had the second highest total career strikeouts in MLB history. He's now 19th. Uh, pitched the seventh perfect game in MLB history. Um, he was very, like, that's a crazy, like, career to be that yeah. good of a pitcher and then just become a politician. It's super cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. Wow. And also, like, he was a member of the Kentucky House of Representatives, like, he was, or uh, representing Kentucky House of Representatives. Before that, he was just a Kentucky, like, state Senate member. Like, just feels so little after you're a star baseball player to be like i'm gonna get into local politics but <laughs> that's really cool made us all the way up to a senator yeah that's fascinating that, that would be interesting. I, I have no idea what his views are before i say all too many good yeah. things about him but uh it's very cool that he did that yeah i was thinking that too i was gonna be like oh wow that great great career by him i'm like well i'll yeah. see i'll see yeah. how he was as a politician yeah, very cool very interesting i'm not sure yeah um yeah. but no I, this is one of our We've had teammates before, right? Um, I think so, but like I think Deion Sanders and Sean Casey were teammates. No, uh, and yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, there's some others. Sure, there's um, some I others. think like, there's one or two others, but yeah. Um, no, cool, cool to have teammates. That's always fun. But yeah. that was learning about Al Leiter, who, and I feel like I should do that more often when it's like. He's one of four people along with, and it's some name where I'm like, eh, I've heard of that name. I don't know. And for me, that's who Outlander was. Like, yeah, I've heard of him. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, and that's the purpose of this pod is to revisit those random names we have in the back of our head for decades here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, all right, well, do you, uh, do you have anything else to say? Yeah, as always, send in your emails to themintconditionpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to hear. It's nice to hear when people are following along, and uh, we we appreciate any feedback or recommendations or anything. Yeah, absolutely. Like always, uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.